siendo el mismo hombre, el mismo amor. Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I am Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soyla Perez. And we are two Latinx friends. With wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we're bringing you a set of songs that was sort of inspired by a Twitter conversation with you all, our dearest listeners. These are, as you have probably noticed, novela theme songs. Hey. This was What are we listening to right <laughs> now, Pérez? This, well, this was, I think, the first suggestion, or one of the first suggestions on that Twitter feed, um, that Twitter thread, which is by Laura León, and this is Dos Mujeres, Un Camino, and it's pretty amazing. I mean, this novela was everything. I feel like yeah. whenever I talked to uh, my friends about this as a possible theme, yeah. everybody was like, oh my God, you have to do Dos Mujeres, Un Camino. Yeah, I mean, the song is very <laughs> dramatic, as per usual with the with the novella theme songs. Um, I am really late to the novella game. I think I might have like a mid-30s telenovela phase because I just think I would get really <laughs> into these shows. I did watch like the episode I found on YouTube of this show was the last episode, which is not where you should start. So now I feel like I know all the spoilers, although I'm sure there's so many twists and turns. Um, but... I, the, this music is pretty amazing. We brought Laura Leon before. Um, this was my pick. We brought her. I brought her to Menito Eight after some friends in LA introduced mm -hmm. me to her. Um, and I mentioned then that she's a singer, novella actress. And this is she actually stars in this novella, which I've noticed for a few of the ones we brought. And maybe this is a novella trend: is that one of the lead actresses also sings the theme song. Of the yeah, show. it's like I think like is this a Televisa novela? It probably is. Uh -huh. I think that it's like part of like the Televisa machine, you know, like That's star machine. Like yeah. you get like the singer slash actress right. and like they star in the novela and like, you know, your life is made slash maybe they own you. Right. Right. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> so this novella is from the early nineties, ninety three to ninety four. It's it's a Mexican novella. But yeah. interestingly, I mean it features Eric Estrada from Trip Chips. <laughs> Who I didn't realize has a whole other novella career. What's Chips? You don't know that? Um, it's a cop show? No. What, what do you know Eric Estrada from? I don't know. Dos Mujeres Un Camino? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Chips. No, he's from Chips, which was a really famous cop show. It was him and one other cop um, in the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. I missed that shit. Um, but the interesting thing about this show is that NAFTA is like the backdrop of it. Because um, the main character, Eric, who Eric Estrada plays, is like a truck driver, and he crosses the border. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a random sort of timely thing because there's been a lot of discussion about Trump leaving NAFTA, which is a huge right. deal and something that I don't think anyone would have thought was possible in this political era at this point. So it's sort of interesting. So like, interesting. NAFTA in so many ways is such a disaster, especially for small um Farmers, right. small farms. But that's in, not in nothing Mexico. to do with Trump's decision or thoughts to leave it. Right. right? And right. like the, the repercussions of it now would also be huge too. So, but yeah, so that was yeah. kind of the backdrop of this because that was when that was happening politically. It was in the early 90s. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those like love, two women, one man love stories. And then I was yeah. just like Googling around and saw that Selena or Selena actually made an appearance on the show. Did you know that? Selena was on Dos Mujeres Un Camino. Yep. Oh, my God. Well, I think that you need to watch Dos Mujeres Un Camino all the way through and report back. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like telenovelas are right smack dab in the middle of like your taste for I know. TV Perez. I know, so I know. What's, what's holding you back, I feel like you right? need to watch I novelas. I know, I do, I do. This one, unfortunately, is not on Netflix, but there are a ton that are. There are a ton that are. I'm, I think I You know what my favorite novella is? What? Because it's not sort of like, it sort of changed the novella game, was La Reina del Sur. Mm. Holy shit. I We've highly about recommend that, that one. You've talked about that on the show before, I think. I have. It is a fucking awesome novella. Like, this, it's just like not about a fucking man, you know? Mm. It's about like a woman and what she does, and she falls in love sometimes. And but it's not like about her relationship to a man. The novella is about her and her life, and it's so amazing. And she's such a boss. And I don't know, I fucking love that novella. It might be a little too stressful for you. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, although this <laughs> stuff, I don't know that this would be. I don't know. It's so theatrical, almost. You know that I don't know. Yeah, that I, would really I mean, find it stressful, but. La Reina del Sur is definitely a novella. Like it's very like drums in a right. cheesy way, right. but it's right. also amazing. Well, you didn't bring that theme song for this episode, huh? I didn't. I didn't because I kind of stuck to like classics that sort of pulled at heartstrings. I watched Dos Mujeres or I watched La Reina del Sur like later on in life, right? Like mm-hmm. just a few years ago. Um, but I decided to stick to like 90s novelas that like, I don't know, sort of had that nostalgia feel yeah. for me. And so my first song is um, one that if you're a Venezolanex of a certain age, you will probably know this. This is called Por Estas Calles, and it's by Jordano. Por estas calles la compasión ya no aparece Y la piedad hace rato que se fue de viaje Se iba, la perseguía la policía Oye conciencia, mejor te escondes con la paciencia Por ningún lado se encuentran rastros de valentía Quienes la vieron dicen que estaba pálida y fría Se daba cuenta que estaba sola y sin compañía Y cada vez que asomaba el rostro Se le reía Por eso cuídate de las esquinas No te distraigas cuando caminas Que pa' cuidarte yo solo tengo esta vida mía Por eso de las esquinas no te distraigas cuando caminas que pa' cuidarte yo solo tengo esta vida mía So this is a bolero from the Venezuelan novela of the same name, Por Estas Calles, mm-hmm. and um, it aired between 1992 and 1994, so it was super long for a novela. I'd say novelas are probably, in my experience, like eight, maybe ten months, like less than a year. Because they they, um, they play like every day for the week, right? Yes. Yeah, they play like every single day, of the, like every single weekday at like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. or something. Right. And um, 
and but this one was for two years. Right. It was on for two years, and it was which was a long, long time. And that shit was so lit. Like literally, everybody watched Por Estas Calles, mm. and it was such an indicator of a time in history in Venezuela. I, I really remember it as the first novela that I can remember that focused on the lives of poor people. Mm. Because, you know, like the mainstream, like sort of like Televisa joints that most Latin of Latin America got um, are just about like wealthy white landowners mm. and shit. Right. Yeah. And like it was this novela, Por Esasca, just really spotlighted the political failures in Venezuela and how it affected people's lives. Like things like Se Fue El Agua, Se Fue La Luz, you know, and like the fact mm. that like those like intermittent services that... I think like most people who grew up in Latin America are probably familiar with um, and just how that shit plays out along class lines. Right. Like, yeah. and it's so, it was just like sort of amazing as I can recall. I feel like it's all on YouTube and I want to do a rewatch because I was literally a child, mm -hmm. but looking back on it, it feels so, um, so like it captures the political sentiment. Yeah. of the time you know yeah um and it's like like one of the lyrics that i really noticed is that you know like y los que andan de cuello de cuello blanco son los peores porque además de que martes se hacen llamar señores mm. and it's sort of there's like this it, wow. it, it's indicative of this sort of like class resentment that like venezuela like many latin american countries and many countries in general have like a huge huge class divide mm -hmm. um And um, and in a lot of ways, that classified is also a race divide. Um, and I think that thinking back at that um, and like the time that it was, like 1992 was when Hugo Chavez staged a failed coup on mm. the Venezuelan government. Right. Um, and like I remember that shit. I remember when it happened. I was a kid. It was scary as fuck. Because you were living and in then, the capital, like, in right? No, I was living in Barquisimeto. Oh, okay. Um, So pretty far away from the action, but right. like it was like everything, there was a curfew, like there were like tanks on the street, you know, it was mm -hmm. like everything was set up to contain it. Um, but so then, you know, he went to prison after that, but in 1998 he was out and he ran and he won. So this shit had been like brewing, right? right. Like you could tell already, like in Puerto Las that like there was already all this stuff like brewing and, um, And yes, I mean, I think 1998 was like a really hopeful time for a lot of people. My family was super, super divided, uh, not completely, but pretty predictably among class lines with like the Chavez presidency. And um, I mean, sadly, if you've heard news coming out of Venezuela today, we know that things are, you know, didn't turn out super great in the right. long run, yeah. which is really intense and, you know. Obviously, that's like a really simple analysis, right? And I feel like yeah. it's important to say that, like, it's a fact that poor people's like access to services and housing and stuff improved really dramatically in the first few years of Chavez's rule. But it's also true that people who are poor, for the most part, stayed poor. Um, right. That didn't change. There wasn't like a full systemic change. And there's just now like a wild kleptocracy and um, a bureaucratic elite. Right, um, whose I think failure was both aided by global capitalism, but also, you know, is very far from blameless in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
And I think it's important to know that this novella was aired on Radio Caracas, which mm-hmm. Chavez's government shut down because of its supposed um, anti-Chavista bias, um, which is obviously an incredibly yeah. sketch thing to do. Yeah, um, the, like the freedom of press stuff, I feel like is a really um, bright it's line. It's really fucked up. With a lot of, like, it's same really thing fucked with up. Castro government, you know? And I feel like people on the progressive left who support these governments or these figures, even in like a theoretical They don't want to see the signs. Yeah, they don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, yeah, are you really supportive of like a not a free press? Like, I don't, I don't support that on yeah. either end of the political spectrum, you know? So, yeah, I'm really frustrated with the American left and it's the reason that I will literally never in my life organize in a socialist space in the United States, even though I feel like that's my political ideology. I would say that like, I mean, it talking to Americans about socialism in Venezuela has like completely forever shut me out of that space because yeah. folks refuse to see shit that was very obvious because it's like it's part of like the advancement of a political agenda that's really far away for you, right? Like you can say that like, yeah. oh, I support this and this really aligns with my thing. And like Chavez had some like really hilarious and insightful and witty things to say about George W. Bush, but you're not noticing that he's shutting down the fucking press, you know? And yeah. it, those things can both be true, but it's like, oh, you're going to tell me about my country. And in the end, like, it's not your fucking family, yeah. right? That has to deal yeah. with the consequences. In the end, when you're disillusioned, you can be like, oh, that's too bad. You'll write a think piece and move on. But in the end, like, <laughs> yeah. that's still yeah. I mean, I my feel this, family. It's yeah. still, you know? So it's just, yeah. like, super frustrating. Well, it's, like, very similar experience for Cuban-Americans, I think. Like, I relate so much to all of that because it's just, I think there's a similar relationship with the American left and like Castro and the Cuban yeah. revolution and Che and it's always been extremely alienating for me because yeah, I think people um, have an idealistic view of, and it's like no government is perfect. No government is, is without flaws, but I think people are willing to um, accept the sacrifice of certain rights in Cuba that they wouldn't be willing to sacrifice for themselves. You know, it's like they just don't super live lazy. In a society where they don't vote, or you're forced to vote, and there's one candidate, or where yeah, there's no freedom of press, or where you can get thrown in jail for protesting. Like that's not actually values aligned, you know. So I mean, I've written yeah. a few essays I mean, about this um, when stuff with Cuba yeah. has happened, and interestingly, mm-hmm. actually, kind of quietly, I feel like it got very little attention. Um, Cuba's no longer ruled by a Castro. Yes. Um, yeah, Raul stepped down. Castro's brother stepped down. I mean, he was like in his the end of an era. And then this other guy, you know, from the government, like from the sort of party is taken over, but it's the first time in mm-hmm. since yeah. 1960 since that the Castro, yeah, is not in charge of Cuba. So, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. And I think yeah, I think the situation in Cuba and Venezuela, while there's a lot of like common threads, you know, there's been a little bit yeah, more also stability very in some ways, you know, like they're, I mean, they've gone through really difficult periods of um, like the quote special period in the eighties and nineties when there was a lot of um, lack of access to resources, but I don't know if it got to the level that it is in Venezuela right now in terms of scarcity around food yeah. and things like that. I'm yeah. not so sure, but, but yeah, it's, it's complicated and it's, yeah, it's really hard to be a progressive person with, family roots in these places because the conversation is so, I think, um, limited and people don't really, I mean, sometimes they don't really know what they're talking about, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that most of the time people don't, there's a few people that I can talk to about this that like aren't intellectually lazy and like actually are able to 
put aside what they wish would be true and look at what's actually true. Yeah. Shout out Marisa from Mi Gente. I, mm. We always talk about this shit because um, there's not a lot of people who have a lot of nuance around it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's this novella, I feel like, was such a such an element of that of that time right and um and it's just I don't know it's so we left like in 1995 this novella um you know was airing in from 1992 to 94 um we left in 1995 and I think that looking back on it there were so many signs that like something was about to go down and my dad is just like, I don't know. I've realized, I've come to realize that my dad is this dude who sees threats like a good five to 10 years ahead and acts on them. Mm. Like he also like seven years ago told me, like basically made me become a U.S. citizen. I didn't really want to do the paperwork. I didn't really want to pay the money, but he like kept calling me and annoying me until I did. And cause he's like, one day it's going to come a day that like maybe you're, there's going to be a government that is not going to feel so friendly and you're going to be really grateful. And I was yeah. like, whatever dad, he's I'm not right. that important. And he's right. He's you know, right. it's, yeah. you know, yeah. That, I mean, imagine so if it's you very were still in LPR right now. Yeah. Is he planning, I mean, given what's going on with the government now, does he talk about leaving the U S ever? No, no. My dad, I feel like Maybe he's now too to old me. to do that sort of thing. I feel old. like he's like, he sees threats and like acts on them. And that was like easier when he was young. But I feel like now he's the kind of dude that's like, it's going to be fine. You know, maybe not. Maybe I should just trust that it's going to be fine because he thinks it's going to be yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm going to do that because that makes me feel better right now because I'm such a, <laughs> a worrier. I mean, because think about, I mean, in 95, he was moving his whole family into like teenagers. Like that's not easy. Or three, right? No. Three kids. I mean, so. my three kids, three kids. Yeah. yeah. It's so. not easy. And like my abuela also moved to Pobrecita, like was already an right. immigrant from Italy. So it was like her, you know, third migration or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, that's sort of a good transition because this next novella theme song ish is by a Cuban American artist. Uh, so this song is Lo que está para ti, and it's by Willie Chirino. Lo que está para ti. Nadie te lo quita. Lo que está para ti. Nadie te lo quita. Así me decía. Pero por si acaso, prendí una velita. Pero por si acaso, prendí una velita. La vida es una ruleta y hay cosas que no se dan. Por más que uno juega y juega, se alegan, se van, se van. Pero sin embargo, hay otras que solitas llegarán. Lo que hay es que estar tranquilo y acordarse del refrán. Lo que está para ti, nadie te lo quita. Que lo que está para ti, para ti, nadie te lo quita. Así me decía mi abuela Panchita. Pero por si acaso, prende una velita. Pero por si acaso, niño, this song was not the theme of a novela that I know about, but there's a novela right now or from 2017 in Ecuador called Lo que está para ti, and they 
um, kind of sample, riff, like do their own version of this Willie Chino song in that novella. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm mm-hmm. bringing it. Um, I was looking at Ecuadorian novellas because I did live there in 2004, and I was there was like a little TV in my room where I stayed in Quito, and I did watch some novella, but I couldn't remember enough about it to find it. But so I looked at this. There's a Wikipedia list of all the Ecuadorian novella names, and there's some amazing ones in there. <laughs> um, and this was from 2017, and I was like, "Huh, I've heard of that song before." So I, I uh, watched, I read up a little bit about it. Like I said, it's called Lucas Zapati, and it's got this like interesting premise that's kind of like a Freaky Friday situation, I think. Um, basically, the main character is that like the kids and parents trade places. Is well, Freaky Friday is yeah, where like two people trains bodies this is not that exactly it's like where he wakes up one day and his life is totally different than it was like when uh, he went to go to take a nap um it features this this person whose character's name is don day but i think he also might be a musical like a musician in ecuador because the okay. the story is basically like he wakes up one day and his life is totally different um and i i mean i watched the previews and read a little bit about it but they don't like reveal all the details of the premise i think because it's part of the show but yeah, he like wakes up and the house around him has crumbled and like looks totally different and his outfit has totally changed and like he looks like a rapper now and like people don't recognize him. <laughs> and then maybe they reference him as a cholo. <laughs> like a lot of different things going on that wow. um, I was not able to fully grasp in researching this episode. <laughs> but it definitely has like a, a you know plays with reality kind of thing going on. Or yeah, he literally wakes up. sounds like a novella. Yeah, Novelas, exactly. I feel I mean, like, very much play with reality. Right, <laughs> totally, totally, 100%, 100%. It's like, people are dead, and then they're not Yeah, dead. exactly. <laughs> like, ah. um, but Willie Chidino, like I mentioned, is a Cuban-American singer. I think he's probably one of the most famous, particularly among people in the Cuban diaspora in the U.S. I don't know that he, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't crossed over the way that, like, Estefan did. Um, but he's very, very, very popular among Cubans in the U.S. And he's, like, of my parents' generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this song is, like, one of his most famous songs. I, you've heard Willie Chirino. You've come of across course. him. Yeah. yeah. So I guess he's, like, made it outside of our community to a certain degree. Um, my mom brought a, one of his songs to Les Mommies episode because it's such a big deal. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, from yeah. her generation. And it's just, yeah, his, the music is just really nostalgic and familiar for me. Um, he has a lot of music that's very anti-Castro, kind of pro-diaspora, like, music. Um, like, there's mm, there's one song called Ya Viene Llegando that's all about how, like, freedom is coming to Cuba. You know, so it has a very political bent to it um, in the sort of, alongside the lines of most of the people in the, you know, Cuban-American diaspora who are anti-Castro. So it's it's complicated. I mean, I'm not pro-Castro by any means, but I also understand the nuances of it, right? That it's not, right, so, it's right. not so black and white it's on either end. It's not super black and white, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's like the things that I've written about. Um, maybe I'll put a link in the show notes to um, one of the, I've written a couple of essays about Cuba, but the first one I think explains sort of like the being caught mm-hmm. between like progressives in the U.S. and like my parents' generation, and it's like a tough place because I feel like both sides are missing a lot of things, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. both sides don't know anything about life in Cuba today, <laughs> you know, because neither right. of those sides have lived right. there. You know, it's like fine, your progressive lefties have like gone to visit and taken pictures in front of the Chase statue, and then most of my yeah. parents' generation have not gone back. So, anyway, I'll right. put a link in the show notes if you want to read more about that. But um, 
But yeah, Chino's music is just super nostalgic for me and will always be kind of a part of my cultural identity. Totally. And I think it's kind of cool that, you know, decades later, because this song is from probably from the 90s, early 90s, that they're referencing it for this novella in 2017 in Ecuador. Amazing. Yeah. I'm assuming you've <laughs> not heard about this novella. <laughs> but it's kind I of have not. I definitely don't keep up on the novella trends. No. Although the other day, the other day, a couple of years ago, I started watching, there's this novella that I kept hearing about called Sintetas No Hay Paraíso. Mm. <laughs> and just the title made me Sintetas be like, yes, I gotta no watch that. Sintetas No Hay Paraíso. For people to understand that yeah. means without breasts, there's no paradise, basically, right? There's no paradise without tits. I think it's like wow. about... A young woman who's like maybe trading sex and she's like trying to like up her game. Wow. Um, so like she like tries to get in with this like drug dealer so he can pay for her tits. I don't know. I didn't watch more than a few episodes because I, I got distracted. I guess I didn't keep watching it. But Do I don't really keep up with the novela trends. I don't watch TV like that. Like, much, um, yeah. I just like How mostly watch it on Netflix and shit. Media do you consume that's in Spanish besides music? Like, do you read in Spanish? Do you watch movies? I read. I mostly read in Spanish. Yeah. Um, I um, don't love TV yeah. a lot. Um, and whenever I watch TV, I'm usually watching TV with my boo. Right. Who and who doesn't speak Spanish. Right. Um, and I don't really have that much of a desire to watch more TV. So then I don't, like, watch a lot of TV in Spanish. But I definitely read in Spanish a lot. Um, as much as I can, um, and, read? um, and listen to music, um, some classics, some new stuff. Um, I think the, I just rented from the library, like a Roberto Bolaño mm. book. Um, I like to like go back and like read Garcia Marquez, anything that's written in Spanish. I want to read in Spanish. Isabel yeah. Allende is the like original. one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and um, I was just thinking that maybe I should reread re Casa de los Espíritus because mm -hmm. I think it's probably my favorite book. Yeah, I was a Spanish up literature. There. It's up there. I minored in Spanish literature in college. I actually took a whole seminar on Carlos Fuentes. Have you read any of his mm. novels? I haven't. He's kind of a misogynist um, and like an amazing, you know, <laughs> an incredible novelist. Yeah, I actually yeah, did I mean, my so like... so is Gabriel Garcia Marquez. You yeah, know? I actually did my thesis or like one of my final um, papers for this Fuentes seminar on La Trinidad Femenina de Carlos Fuentes, which was like, you know, mother virgin whore, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his stuff is amazing. I mean, it's the levels of it is pretty wild. Um, anyway, so I, I read a lot of literature in college because it was my minor and I took all these courses, but um, I've never really read casually in Spanish. I think it's always a little bit, it's a little bit, challenging for me and so it's harder to mm. to get myself to do it in a casual way but I think I mentioned on the last episode that I'm going to be spending three weeks this summer in Guanajuato so I'm hoping that maybe that can be part of my practice there is to I'd love to read some of the stuff that I like in English but in Spanish like contemporary like chiclet for example you know it's like the kind of stuff that I read for fun or I read a lot of like young adult fiction like I think that would be really fun to read in Spanish just as a yeah. something that because I mean the classics you're talking about are amazing but they're also hard you know and like dense and like there's there's a lot of nuance to what's being offered I mean my parents are also both Spanish literature professors so it's like I've grown up around that all my life but um but yeah I don't mm -hmm. consume a lot of media in Spanish I do listen to a couple of podcasts 
in Spanish. Shout out to oh Nos, yeah, Nos Vemos in a Swap Meet is a really sweet show by it Luis. Radio Ambulante is always great. And then Radio Ambulante, although I struggle with that one of like picking the ones that aren't super depressing. <laughs> Oh. A, See, a that's really, my shit, dude. You love depressing. I fucking love, like, I just, like, want to know all of the harsh reality of that's the world. so interesting. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's why we work as friends. We're, like, two sides of a different coin. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that. It's just not, it's not where I'm at. Yeah. All right. So what's your next novela theme song? My next song is very, very classic. This is Marimar by Thalia. Marimar, costeñita soy, con mis abuelos crecí yo, en un lindo y cálido mar, que todito me dio, cuando al amor me llevó. Oh my god, I fucking love this song. Yeah. I love this novela. I feel like it was my childhood fave out of like the big Thalia Maria trio. Mm. You know, like Maria del Barrio, Marimar, and Maria Mercedes. Mm. Um, I think it's just because Marimar had such a connection to You're the right. ocean, and I could really relate right. to that. You know, like, I mermaid. feel like I'm just such an ocean baby. Your mermaid so, um, personality. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, you know, I think that like, Maria Mercedes was maybe on when Por Estas Calles was on, and yeah. that's the one that we watched, so I wasn't watching that. And then um, Maria del Barrio was on, like, I think it started after Marimar, and I started watching that one, but we, I think we left for the U.S. in the middle of uh, it, and I remember watching episodes right before leaving, being like, how am I going to find out what happened? You know, this is, like, before <laughs> the internet, so you couldn't, you know? I know. Yeah, I know. I never found out, but the now diaspora. I have like enough Soraya Montenegro memes that uh, that I think oh, are so making she, it up for me. Is she from that show? She's from Mariela del Barrio, oh, not from that. Marimar. Got yeah, got it. Yeah, I, I do yeah. appreciate how how she's entered the pop culture realm so <laughs> well. Yeah, and this song, yo, I watched this video and <laughs> yeah. it's a. Fucking hilarious because yeah. as you can tell, this song is a salsa uh -huh. and Thalia is dancing in the video and she has uh, no fucking idea what she's doing, yo. It is whack as fuck. She is wild uncoordinated. Where is she from? <laughs> she's Mexican. Mexican. Right. Well, you know, so not everybody, salsa is not necessarily a part of the culture in all parts of Mexico, right? Depends on no, where I guess not, yo. I mean, yeah. it's. Mexico City was a place where, uh, you know, a lot of the Cuban uh, salsa orchestras came to perform, yeah. you know, so there's right. like some but there's a, level a of like, country. you know, conocimiento, yeah. Yeah. right? Pero I don't know where Talia is from, no. but what seems to be true is that she does not have El Caribe in her blood because those moves were like just sad, <laughs> just well, terrible. To, to Highly recommend you watch it. Watch it is the video. completely whack. 
We'll have to send a shout out to Willie Chino because the video that um, is in the show notes for his song, like he totally has the very natural, easy, like salsetto moves, even while he's like just starting yes. the song. So he yeah. definitely has those rhythms, yeah. which makes you would hope, you know, given his yeah. position. Yeah, Thalia, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. Oh my God. Yeah. She's also wearing like this weird, like really sexy glitter tank top situation in that video. Yeah, it's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically about this novella from like the introduction to the novella. There's one like shot where she's like exiting the, the beach, right? And like her head is like coming out of the water and her hair is all like, you know, back from the water and wet. And she's got this, she doesn't have a, a shirt on, but she just has this like a bazillion puka shells covering her tits. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I remember. And I was like, yes, beach magic. (laughs) So she's an actress in the show also. She's the star of all of those novelas. She's the star of Maria del Barrio, Marimar and Maria Mercedes. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So like I said, you know, like part of like this Televisa novela star slash singer machine. Formula, yeah, it's a smart formula. It's interesting because in the U.S., like soap operas, I don't even know the theme songs are. I think are like instrumental mostly, aren't they? And then oh, they're different. They I feel like they occupy a different phenomenon in the cultural. Yeah, they're not popular in the same way. And they go on forever. They go on forever. They only come on during the day, so they're not really accessible to people who are at work. I wonder how it's changed now with the way cable has changed. I, I imagine they're probably not as popular as they used to be as the world turns. Yeah, and were they ever popular? They were I popular at one time? I think they I were. Guess. I think among a certain set of people, I mean, this reputation is that they're like housewife TV, you know, mm. which I think denigrates them in a way that novellas don't necessarily get denigrated in that way, right? It's like everybody watches novellas to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't know. I've never really gotten into soap operas, so. But they do have the same, um, and maybe this is an era thing, but, like, there's, like, a fuzziness to the video quality <laughs> that I think is purposeful. Like, it looks a little hazy, and I think they do that. That I've seen that in novellas, and I see it in soap operas, too. So, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's, like, an 80s, 90s thing or something. But <laughs> Soft focus. Make yeah, your exactly. Good. Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's all HD, so. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, my last song for this episode is from a very well-known novella that you probably will recognize. The song is Se Dice De Mi, and it's by Yolanda Rayo. Se Dice De Mi Se Dice Que Soy Fea Que Camino A Lo Malevo Que Se Cheque Que Me Muevo Con Un Aire Con Padrón Que Parezco Un Dinosaurio Mi Nariz Se Puntiaguda La Figura No Me Ayuda Y Mi Boca Es Un Buzón Se Charlo Con Luis Con Pedro
Welcome, yo soy Betty yes. <laughs> Which I think even people in the U.S. might know is a novella because it's because become Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty, yeah, it became the inspiration for Ugly Betty, which totally launched America Ferreira's career. But mm-hmm. I have to give a shout out to Real Women Have Curves because that was like one of her first. Yes. Gigs. Do you remember that movie? I do remember that movie. But yeah, America. America Ferreira really launched through Ugly Betty, and um, but it was all based on this original novella that's Colombian, and it ran for. Did from you 90- see it? I've actually never seen the original. No, I, I didn't watch novelas. I think when my later teen years, um, too much. I don't think, yeah. or when this was on, or maybe Betty La Fea wasn't on Univision. They had, oh. I remember, they didn't put it on Univision, and they did like some sort of like dumb spin-off. There's a ton like of a them. Mexican version yeah. called La Fea Más Bella. Right. So there's a bunch of different countries that have done Betty La Fea spin-offs. And the original is Colombian and ran from 99 to 2001, but um, Ugly Betty is just one of many, many spin-offs that were done around the Right, around yeah. Around. And my family watched La Fea Más Bella, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny because I feel like my dad hates novelas, so it always had to be on the low. But like growing up when I was a kid, my dad worked in a different city than where we lived so he was only around on the weekends so we like it was like all novelas all the time while he right was right <laughs> nice yeah that's the thing like my mom wasn't particularly into them and we talked about it once after i brought it up on an episode and she was like yeah i just she just feel like she just like never really connected to them her mother wasn't particularly mm-hmm. into them she did mention one novella that she remembers watching as a kid also they were like radio sort of novelas when she was really young um, before TV was really prominent. So this this song um, is actually a cover, and Vero brought the original, yeah, to our um, classics episode, which is episode 23, which is by Tita Morello. Is that the original, Vero? I don't know that it's okay. the, the original. Another version. But it's, it's hard to tell who the original is with these songs. Yeah, yeah. So this song is by an actress from the, the show, um, called Yolanda Rayo, and she's a Colombian actress and singer, and she acted in Betty La Fea. So, like we've said, that's a really common script with these novelas. But it's a great yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, after I mean, Betty it's... La Fea, because Betty La Fea changed the fucking game. It's yeah. very different than, like, other novelas. It was very different from other there novelas. There was an unattractive the girl as the core. Lulz, unattractive. They put glasses and, Quote, like, unquote. painted on some, like, freckles on right? a hot girl. <laughs> I think I think Yolanda played Betty La Fea, right? Did she, put her in a frumpy outfit. Yeah, I, don't I think know. they like they like put like big freckles like on her when I was looking at pictures. Yeah, yeah, they put like they painted some big freckles on her, put some glasses, and put her in some frumpy clothes, and she was like hot underneath. And then she like took that shit off, and it was like, oh, who knew? <laughs> like, well, this song is rad, though. I yeah, fucking love is. this song because it's all like it's kind of like don't. This talk, song is I don't a fucking mood. If you talk shit about me, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking mood, and I love the part where it's like, "Los que dicen que son feas no me han visto en camisón." You know, like mm. you haven't seen me in my <laughs> nightgown. If you see, if you say that I'm ugly, bitches. Right. I mean, I think that's so real. That's kind of like I think everybody is sexy. You know, like at a certain point, like no matter what you look like, there's like a sexiness Absolutely. to everybody. And I think that's what that that gets at. You know. All right, what's your last novella theme song? Okay, my last novella theme song is hilarious. It is called Enloqueceme, and it's by OB7. (laughs) 
So honestly, I barely remember this novella. Yeah. <laughs> it's I have no idea. It's called Locura de Amor. And I remember it. It was one of those like teen ones, like Rebelde. Do you remember Rebelde? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like on in, I would say, like the early 2000s or late 90s. And um, and it was like on in the afternoons. And I don't think I really kept track of it, but it must have been on at my house every fucking day because I was looking at like a play, like a different like list of novela theme songs. And I found this one and I pressed play and I was like just completely mortified to find that I remembered every single word to this song. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. my god, this is totally my jam. Embedded and, like, in your memory. Completely, completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I blame you, our listeners, because I was in a novela theme song yeah. hole for I days. Think it was Luis, days. right, who suggested this originally on Twitter? We've gotten a suggestion of novela theme songs a few different a times, times, including okay. when we put out our novela feels episode. Makes sense, yeah. Because people were like, oh my god, what about novela theme songs? Right. Um, right. So, uh, but this is just, you know, after this Twitter conversation that I was having with with um, some of our listeners, it was just like days of me listening to, you know, Locura de Amor, or <laughs> Lo Que Se Me, or whatever the fuck this is, and other shit. And it was just hilarious. And and I watched the video and I, I don't remember having seen it before, but this is like a Televisa teen group and it has not one, but two different black members. And I was like, wow, Televisa yeah. hired black people? I had yeah. no idea. What? country are they <laughs> from no. like where are they from mexico you know? i mean mexico, mexico. televisa okay. is mexico okay and so televisa is like this it's like a channel in mexico but it's also like a fucking media empire right. and like right. um you know like talia like dos mujeres un camino i think is probably televisa right and it's like a latin american empire right like i feel like throughout latin america right. we got like all those televisa joints and it's usually just like white people unless there's like a sirvienta and it can be like an india or whatever yeah you know yeah like there's like even like this artist that we've brought before called anititita <laughs> she has a song called guera televisa mm. so like this is not low like people know about it yeah so i was pleased to see that there were there were like some afro latinx people right in ov7 so shout out them yeah they broke up but this was the jam and when was this like what was the era of the show do you know it was like the late 90s or early yeah. 2000s i like i want to like say a, like maybe 2000 if that was like a heyday for telenovelas or it's just that's like our nostalgic references are from that era i think it's the latter yeah fair <laughs> definitely yeah yeah got it got it well, thanks so much to the listeners who suggested this. This is really yeah. Like we would have come up with this on our own. Fun. So yeah, thanks for. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you like have so many more stories about these novellas and other novellas that you grew up with. So if you want to share any of your favorite novella theme songs, you can you can um, tweet at us or post on our Facebook page at radiomanea.com, and we will share some of your suggestions. Definitely let us know what we missed, what your favorite novela theme songs were. We will share them. Totally. And cherish them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As always, all of the details from 
what we talked about on this episode is going to be in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always follow us on all of our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. At Radio Manea. Um, easy to find. Very straightforward in all the spots. So mm-hmm. make sure to check us out. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Gracias. Ciao. Hasta la próxima.